Welcome to Day Zero Update for July 26th. I'm your host, Chris Logie. I'm Patrick Mifflin. I'm John Yelanek. I'm Brandon Perkins. I'm Dan Red Victoria. And I'm Teresa Sammons. And yeah, we've got a very busy slate of news here. Uh, oh, yeah. Two events, uh, one mm-hmm. big, one very small. Uh, both annoyed a lot of people for various yeah. reasons. Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness, yes. And uh, I mean, even got a, a pretty good slate of stuff outside of those because uh, everybody else said, you know what, let's also talk about things. Uh, so yeah, we got the Xbox uh, game showcase, particularly for the, the Series X. Uh, and they had some pre-show, post-show announcements, whatever. I don't, I don't ever go back and watch that sort of stuff when I miss the whole thing because it's like uh, it's all news anyway. But uh, then we had a mini Nintendo Direct that people got super hyped for, and then got super pissed when they realized it's a mini Direct. Yeah, yeah. they specifically said we got a few announcements. Uh, yeah, but there were a couple big ones there. Uh, one that nobody gives a damn about. Uh, just let you figure out which one's which. Uh, <laughs> and we got some other games going on. I uh, got uh, some games confirmed for next gen. A couple going free to play. Some stuff doing well, and some uh, some stuff coming back for uh, weird reasons. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And then we got Ubisoft stuff here at the end. It's not like we got a pretty good packed show, but uh, for right now we're going to talk about what we've been playing. Oh yeah. Uh, and I have been playing Persona 4 Golden. Mm, uh, nice. Got back into that. I have finished Yukiko's Castle. Uh, did that in like two two sessions. Uh, so not too bad. Yeah. Uh, just split it up with uh, the ability to start the sports clubs. Uh, make sure to do basketball because uh, I love balls. <laughs> which is... Uh, Fucking uh, co. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he gets real nice and sarcastic there. Um, talk about his duties cleaning up after uh, their practice is done, and yeah, it's all fun. Uh, I think I'm just about to get Yukiko onto the team, so I've got a full four squad uh, of people. So I have I have less to, less reason to switch around so much with my uh, my personas because I had to cover for not having a fire and uh, a Zio, uh, which I went into that final boss against Yukiko's uh, uh, shadow. Uh, version with a uh, half SP managed to do just fine because uh, yeah you just uh, get the, the and just had to figure out what the the little knight was uh, week two which was uh, I think Zio uh, mm-hmm. so it's just more endurance and Yosuke didn't do anything but heal because he's a he's an asshole has nothing useful for that fight <laughs> uh, for that reason but uh, yeah uh, that was that. Uh, Still kind of working my way through that. And uh, uh, earlier this week, I streamed the new additions to the uh, NES and Super Nintendo's uh, apps on the Switch. Uh, there's the Immortal for the NES, which is a game only for people that have uh, uh, nostalgia for that game. Because that is very much like an isometric uh, adventure, action-adventure kind of game. And I had no clue what I was doing most of the time. <laughs> uh just run up the dudes, get into this weird fighting system that was kind of, kind of like a, not really punch out, but kind of like it, where you could swing your like knife or whatever dagger uh, from left to right uh, and try and dodge, but it wasn't nearly as good as punch out is. 
uh, and I had no clue how to get health back or anything, and there's invisible demons that can start attacking you, and you can just die to them. It's all it's all weird. It's very very much like a, an 80s game. It just wants to kick you in your ass as much as it can. Uh, the Super Nintendo games was uh, Natsume Championship Wrestling, uh, which is very hard to play because you have no manual. And that is, uh, it has a pretty in-depth control system, like uh, wrestling games would have on like the, the N64, that kind of stuff. Uh, so I had to look up like a walkthrough, uh, control guide, whatever. I was like, yeah, I don't... That's a, that's a lot of buttons to remember. Uh, and I got my ass kicked every time, because I was not good at that game. You had to be very precise with uh, a lot of your moves, and your grapple just required more precision than what the game would uh, let me figure out because there's no it has like an exhibition mode but it's locked into two-player it doesn't tell you up front so i would literally get locked into the game because i didn't have a two-player uh controller to continue which i probably should have just hooked up my other controller and just went uh on a, a you know empty character but uh yeah i guess this was actually based on a real uh japanese wrestling league uh but for the Localization, they just made everybody generic. Uh, wrestlers. Lots of cool names, like there's Asteroid is one of them. Uh, a lot of weird stuff. Nobody's over like 6'4", so there's no real big guys, despite guys having big names. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's okay. And Donkey Kong Country was the, the, the highlight of the whole thing. Uh, it still holds up pretty well, but you can definitely tell that that's a game that, uh, was kind of built on tech that didn't quite work, as far as platforming and all that. It requires a lot more precision than you can kind of get uh, early on. Uh, and that's another game where, man, I really wish they had the manuals with these apps. So you could, like, look up information. I found there's names for, like, all the different types of uh, enemies. And they're all very stupid. Because uh, that, that was rare at that time. There's lots of silly and stupid names. and Yeah. Even Cranky Kong. They show up a lot of uh, Cranky Kong bubbles in the, the manual that... Very much just him taking shots at the at whatever's on that page. Yep. Uh, well, they did have a, a cool little page there. It's like behind the scenes uh, information for how they made the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Showing like they they acquired, I guess, silicon graphics. Yep. Uh, to make uh, essentially like three D models that they then scanned into the game as I assume like bitmaps or sprites or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're kind of. Uh, uh, some really advanced stuff for the time, but obviously in hindsight it doesn't hold up super well, but it still plays pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I would look forward to Donkey Kong Country 2, because that's, I think, my favorite one of the bunch. Uh, but yeah, those are those are all there, so that's, those all work out pretty pretty decently. Um, and so I finished uh, Picross S4 on my Switch uh, a week or so ago. And so I've been uh, playing Pixel Cross Adventures, which is their... Uh, uh, the Pixel series is like another Picross-style series that uh, does, does things a little bit differently. Um, and this one's with them kind of trying to do something a bit more of a like an RPG uh, uh, with a Picross in it, uh, where you're kind of getting XP for uh, completing puzzles, and as you level up, you unlock uh, more puzzles that you can do in the world, uh, and the whole crux of the story is that, uh, some robot that looks like the main, uh, protagonist, 
uh, has been going around and zapping stuff and making it disappear. So you have to solve puzzles to bring them back. Uh, sometimes pe- uh, it's people, animals, uh, you know, objects, trees, uh, structures, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it makes for pretty interesting puzzles uh, all around, but that's been kind of thing I've been putting a lot of my puzzle time in on the Switch and uh, played a couple of the uh, the demos that are on the the Xbox One right now. Um, planning to do some video stuff uh, here after the show mm-hmm. uh, for that, but I played Skatebird, uh, which is a uh, a cutesy uh, skateboarding game where you are controlling a bird. Uh, and playing some of these demos, you can definitely see that these are not like super polished, uh, like demos that you put out like near release for a game. Uh, they're very much early stuff. As, and Skatebird's definitely like. Yeah, we're coming out next year. Uh, this game's gonna have bugs. Uh, we, you know, cut off some of the, the stuff that's, you know, that you would get in like the career mode, that kind of stuff, so it's just kind of a free skate thing. Uh, but you can kind of go around and do tricks and such. It kind of works a little bit like a mix of skate and, uh, uh, Tony Hawk. Uh, so you got like the, the face buttons are different trick types, but you do have a, a good bit of control for the, the bird to spin around and, do different things, but uh, this uh, the stage that you have is uh, has a lot of uh, verticality to it that can be hard to get around mm-hmm. uh, the first couple times uh, you're playing it. So it requires uh, some time to get into it, and I've definitely had some bugs. Mostly, like you could, you're playing on this like table in this room. If you fall off, you hit the I think the uh, the back button on the controller and you kind of warp back and I had a couple times where it was like, it just warped me kind of close to the table and then I'd fell back off again. Uh, it took me a few times hitting it to actually get back onto the table, that kind of stuff, but, uh, works, works pretty well. Definitely seems like it's, it has some promise, uh, if it comes together, uh, later on. Uh, the mm-hmm. other one was Tesla Force that I played, which is, uh, the new game from 10 Tons who makes a lot of, uh, dual stick shooters. And this one's a follow-up of uh, one of their most recent games called, uh, I think it's Tesla vs. Lovecraft, uh, which is a game about uh, uh, Nikola Tesla going face-to-face against uh, Lovecraft's forces, uh, the old ones and all that. Uh, and this sort of takes place after that, where he is kind of uh, one, but uh, some things are going on, uh, again, with the the old ones and all those creatures uh, coming oh. back. And so you're kind of... Uh, going on a, a, an adventure that kind of is a bit more freeform than what the original had, where it just it just kind of launched you into these uh, bespoke stages and like hey, you gotta go and shoot all the dudes until uh, they you run out of them. This one it's a bit more like enemies just keep spawning and you have to complete specific goals. You know, go uh, take down these structures or collect this item or get into your mech form, that kind of stuff. Uh, and along the way, you're kind of building up your uh, your skills, stats, all that kind of stuff. So it's not really quite RPG, but it's more collecting resources that you use to upgrade your character, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. and that works out pretty well. So I'm looking forward to the final game for that. Probably get a code for that to do some streaming or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's been uh, pretty much it. How about you, Pat? Uh, for me, I've been plugging along with Fantasy Star Online 2. Um, for the most part, I've, I've missed the last couple days on it, which is the first couple days I haven't actually gotten my dailies since I started playing. But, um, 
apart from that, I've just been focused on my retro minis. I'm having a great time with those. Uh, the Genesis uh, crash issues have been resolved, and yeah, I've just um, I'm enjoying that. And I I loaded the hell out of my PlayStation. I'm actually playing that as we speak. I'm doing some Wipeout Three, which I didn't get the chance to play when it was first out. And my God, this is almost a PS2 game. Um, but yeah, I, um, I'm definitely looking at these retro minis as one of the really positive things that are going on in the industry right now. And, uh, if they're handled right, I believe they could become tantamount to full returns of those platforms, uh, to the industry, especially since there are these indie developers out there that, you know, that are keeping them alive, um, but yeah, that's been it for me. All right. Uh, I think John's next. Yep. John. All right. So yeah, this week, uh, I finished paper Mario, uh, wrote a review on it. Uh, final thoughts. I thought it was very okay. Um, like I think that it's got a lot of stuff going for it when it comes to, like it's narrative elements. Uh, I, I guess, um, it feels weird to call it the paper Mario lore, but like, I don't know a, a lot of, uh, the stuff that I guess you could call that that was in the game was a lot of the stuff that I really liked, uh, including, you know, uh, like it's writing. I think it's a very well-written game. Um, I think it's a very hilarious game too, but then, um, the design gets in the way. Yeah. 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 Like when it comes to like it's combat specifically, like it feels weird because it's a game that, uh, it feels like it's supposed to be like built around this like pretty innovative combat system uh, for how much time it wants you to spend in there. But every other aspect of the game seems like it exists separate of the combat system. And that, you know, ultimately That's annoying. makes the game just not work out that well, you know, cause you know, then you'll be in combat or like, you know, you'll get into like five enemy encounters in like a couple minutes. And then you're just like, you know, why am I doing this? And I feel like that's never a question you want to ask yourself, especially in a turn-based no. RPG. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, but other than that, um, I played Carry On also, uh, reviewed that as well, uh, and I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, it's essentially a movie monster simulator, so you know, um, definitely, um, uh, definitely, kind of made me feel like uh, you know, like Alien or like the Predator, you know, um, yeah. Definitely a lot of fun. Uh, another solid, uh, another solid game from Devolver, who's who you know kills it as always. Uh, only real gripe with it was its lack of a map, but I mean it's, it's still still a really good game though. Uh, and then beyond that, um, I had heard rumors that uh, Halo Infinite was going to have the grappling hooks, and that reminded me of Titanfall Two. So I got motivated to jump back into Titanfall Two. Played a little bit of multiplayer this week. And yeah, it's still a really fun game, and I'm really glad to see that like there's still people like actively playing it. Just because I, I I think it is one of the best multiplayer games to have come out this past gen, and um, uh, yeah, like it. I really hope that one day we get a Titanfall three. I, I know I know that like um, Apex Legends has like you know some of the uh, it, it has like a few things in common with Titanfall two, but. You know, it, it's also like a completely different kind of game from Titanfall 2. So, yeah, holding out for Titanfall 3 one of these days. 
And then um, finally, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which we talked about quite a bit last week. Uh, I just got into it this week, and yeah, I, I, I'm definitely having a pretty good time so far. I think this is going to be a game that I'm going to end up like really taking my time on. Like I've done, a, I've played about 12 hours so far, but I've only done like three story missions just because like I've been trying to like go through, explore the map as much as I possibly can, and like try and I think they call it like the fog of war that's like covering up the map, I'm trying to like clear all that stuff off. Uh, before I really get into the story missions, and it's just been a blast so far. Like it's 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 kind of got that um, it's it definitely feels like it kind of has that same quality that uh, Breath of the Wild's open world has, where you oh, know wow. you it, like like I you know because like in Breath of the Wild you well in both of these games like whenever you're exploring you know you can see something in the distance that catches your eye go over to it and then like nine times out of ten you're gonna get some kind of reward for it you know um yeah you know it has that yeah like shiny effect um i do want to say though that uh don't worry too much about clearing the fog on on your horse alone because um as you continue to do those like not not raids but like um you know uh, get rid of the mongols from certain villages it'll actually uh have this like, explosion effect where it'll take out a bunch of the fog in that general area so yeah, just focus, focus on the red, and you'd be good. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's actually what I've been doing too. And also, I guess that kind of leads into like something else that I really love about the game is that like I love its um I I love its enemy encounters in general. Um, like I think the combat's really fun, but where the game really shines for me are its stealth mechanics, just because like it reminds me so much of old school Assassin's Creed, but more of like a updated version and as someone who yeah. really liked the old school assassin's creed games like you know up through like black flag like it's it's just a dream come true for me like i really really like the stealth encounters in this game <laughs> yeah yeah and I, yeah i mean that that that's that's real but yeah that that's really all i've been playing this week um yeah sounds yeah. like it's kept you plenty busy though oh yeah oh yeah yep yeah most definitely <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I guess I'm next. Yep. Yeah, I'm next. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I've also been playing Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I got to repeat what I told everyone Friday on last weekend, but uh, I was getting a good chunk through uh, the first uh, island, and then my PS4 crashed on me. Ooh. And uh, when I booted it back up and started the game up again, I forgot that I had been relying mostly on autosave up to that point. Oh, no. So basically I had to go and do all that stuff over again. But you know what? I didn't even mind. The game's worth it. <laughs> Plus, <clears throat> now that I've gotten a much better handle on like how the game plays uh, and have gotten better at like learning how to with combat and stuff, not quite as difficult as it was the first time around. Also, I'm sort of more actively like going out of my way to try and find like, you know, more collectibles and, you know, box dens and stuff like that. Um, the, I'm, yeah. And I'm also like going and doing like the mythic tales too, because I want to get some of those, uh, some of that mythic equipment, which I'm told really will come in handy in later parts of the game. Um, but 
I've also I've been told by people who finished the game and have played it that this game takes some real like twists and turns as far as the narrative is concerned, and it kind oh, yeah. of uh, tears the whole concept of the samurai mythos apart. Which is like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely down for that. Um, also, recently found out uh, this game is apparently so popular in Japan it actually caused a stock shortage. Wow. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, in fact, let me see here. Yeah, this is, there's actually a message from uh, PlayStation Japan here. Um, then Japanese, if I'll go ahead and translate it. But, yeah, it's like doing insanely good numbers over there. Uh, yeah, here we go. Ghost of Tsushima has been well-received and we inspected, and we are out of stock at some stores. Currently, additional production is currently... Currently underway, but the download version is also available on the PS Store. Please understand together. Yeah. So, uh, game's pretty popular over there, apparently. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, also, just want to say, weirdly enough, my favorite part of this, one of my favorite parts of this game are the bamboo challenges. Uh, so, those who don't know what it, like, what it does is, yeah, Basically, throughout Ghost of Tsushima, yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about, John Danrib. Um, basically, what these are is they are these little things that are set up all over uh, Tsushima where basically it's a, a test to see you know how many stalks of bamboo you can chop down with your sword in one slice. And basically what it is, as, as much as uh, anything else is, it's uh, trying to press a combination of buttons in a set order as fast as you can before the blade comes down. And some of them are quite difficult. Some of them aren't. But damn, there is something so satisfying about um, taking that shit down. And you'll want to get them because you, the more you uh, end up taking down, the more of uh, your resolve builds up, which is basically the way you uh, refill your health meter. Um, so you'll want to get as many of those as possible. Yeah, uh, you refill your health meter and they allow you to use the uh, special abilities too. Yep. Um, and uh, other than that, also been playing uh, Dishonored 2. I played the first Dishonored and I loved it. I uh, never got around to playing the sequel. I'm playing the sequel now, and I'm kind of mad at myself for never having played it, because it's really damn good. It's also really damn hard, <laughs> um, especially if you're trying to play this with as little death as possible. Um, but yeah, that's uh, pretty much what I've been playing. Uh, Dan Reb, what about you? Yeah, um, I finished um, Ghost of Tsushima a couple days ago, got the Platinum. Um, it's a it, it's fairly easy platinum. Um, yeah, the, I've been told that they actually kind of go, they kind of work the system around so that the the trophies are a lot more accessible. Yeah, um, and honestly, Sony first party has done has done a hell of a job doing that, especially like when you compare it to something like the original Last of Us, where you had to beat it in like it's it's, it's hardest difficulty and play multiplayer and all that shit, like. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer trophy lists that 
pretty much just rewards your um, interest in the game. Um, for example, like, you know, not having a difficulty-related trophy and not having to beat it multiple times. Like, basically, things that don't really, really waste my time. And there, there, there are some that get a little grindy. Like, for example, the cleanup is mostly just uh, going around the open world and finding these artifacts that you may or may not care about and things like that. But the cool thing, though, is that you don't have to find all of them. I'm, I'm talking specifically about the records and the Mongol artifacts to add more to the lore. Yeah. But uh, you do have to find all the fox shrines. You do have to find um, all of the Shinto shrines. You do have to find all, all, all the bamboo uh, cutting areas. And uh, like, like you said, those are all fun anyway. So I totally d- didn't mind doing that. And, uh, you know, as John stated earlier, um, the game really felt, felt, felt a lot like Breath of the Wild to me, uh, with, the, with the exception of the fact that there really aren't any puzzles to solve. Um, it's really just, you know, um, once you find something, you know what you're supposed to do. So when you, when you see a fox den, you just follow the fox and go, go to their shrine. If you see a yeah. if you see a, if you see a Shinto shrine, you're you're doing a platformer, and all that stuff is like uh, really fun to me. And you know, it really rewards you for your exploration because it gives you all these new abilities, like um, uh, an unblockable three slash technique um, and other stuff to, to really make the lore better. Finding other weapons, uh, the armor. Um, what, what that you were talking about a while ago, there, there's nothing particularly helpful about that. But like as you as you play through the game, and continue to do all the side quests and stuff, like um, you become like so buff, like it 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 doesn't even re- really matter like what what stances you use eventually as you uh, get through it. Granted, I, I played the game in normal mode. I don't know how hard it gets on on its hardest difficulty, but like um, I only ever really died if like I did something like totally cocky or negligent, like you know. Going to a camp and just challenging everybody rather than being stealth, stealth, stealthy, yes. and um, yeah, the story was great, and it all, it, all, it all leads up to just to, to this culmination and the hard decision you have to make. And you know, you're a samurai, so you have to live with the uh, the contents of your decisions. Um, overall, great game. Um, I kind of wish this game came out before The Last of Us Two, just because of the fact that you know the game is beautiful, but as far as like you know visual perfection goes. Um, uh, the Last of Us wins in that regard, especially like, like you know, like um, uh, animating a kiss to make it look realistic is virtually impossible, and The Last of Us did it. And then yeah. when you play Tsushima and see your sword sheath go through your cape, I'm like, um, they could have done better there. But you know, animation is hard, and I get it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I kind of sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of noticed that a little bit too with um uh the animations like whenever you're stealth killing enemies sometimes like if they're at like if they're at like uh uh i don't know if they're at an awkward angle like facing a wall or whatever or like if there's something like i don't know so like a small item like between you or them sometimes like Jin and the enemy don't exactly like connect like in the animation and then he'll end up like i don't know like cutting the throat of the air or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 both awkward but it's, it's it's also kind of believable in the sense where like you know uh being a samurai is all about uh killing people with the least amount of movement possible and uh it it, it, it brought me back to a conversation i had with lee regarding the combat system last week like he doesn't like how for example when you're fighting a brute and they have a big weapon like a hammer uh where when you're parrying it it doesn't really feel like you know um, there, there, there's a, there's a whole lot of weight to it, but you're not really parrying it. What you're doing is making sure that his weapon slides off your sword, so it, it's a more graceful technique to eventually go for the kill. Yeah. So 
Like uh, stuff in that regard is is all pretty cool. The battle system is great, and I'm writing the review right now, and I'm 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 sort of sort of looking for all the faults, and like some of my main faults are just I, I guess my biggest gripes of the game. Like for example, um, I'm talking about how buff you can make your samurai, but uh, first off, there's a lot of cliffs in this game. Uh, Breath of the Wild give you a hand glider, so you can just go ahead and float to wherever you wanted. In Ghost of Tsushima, if you jump off a cliff or if you jump off a ledge five feet off the ground, you're gonna die. And that's ridiculous to me. So Five I end up feet? losing the whole. Yeah, like you, um, you can jump off. I don't know stairs that that aren't really all that high, and you you die as a result, or oh end up God. having more. And I'm like, how can you be so like awesome? But as far as heights go, you're absolute shit. Like it's yeah. It's really also, I bad. wanted to bring up very quickly because I don't think a lot of people know this. Uh, you play the game in the beginning, and the combat's already fairly bloody. I mean, you got swords yeah. and shit, so that's going to cut. There's going to be bloodshed. Apparently, as you go on later on in the game, it starts getting a lot gorier. Mm-hmm. Because suddenly you'll start seeing hands come off and limbs flying. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's, that's actually a plot point, and I, I don't want to go too much over it, but it's it's obvious to see why. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what was my other thing? Um a lot of the side quests get samey, but then again, um, n- none of none of them are really boring to do. Oh. So that really, really helps a lot. And um, as far as the story goes, like th- those also get pretty samey. And um, a lot of the um, so basically, uh, Jin isn't the only one with the journey here. He he makes a whole bunch of friends, and you see a lot of character development with the people that he recruits for his army. And um, not all of them are the most interesting, but. Um, Lady Masako and uh, his best friend uh, end up really end up having really good stories. You also come across this monk, and he's pretty cool too. But so some of some of the character development, I think, is like uh, not really uh, um, all, all that interesting because they didn't do enough to really make make me care about the character. But anyway, the the, the gameplay like trumps all that, and um, yeah. I really like this one a lot. Like this is this is definitely a top five uh, PS4 game for me. Um, anyway, I also started Paper Mario, um, and so far I'm I'm liking it, and I'm also not liking it. Uh, the main thing I'm liking, uh, as John said, is with, is with the, the narrative um, and the the writing. The writing is uh, crazy here, and um, the, the, the the puzzle solving is pretty cool. What I'm hating is um, uh, the, the the confetti puzzles. Uh, because um, the main thing is we, uh, you, you use a confetti to pretty much uh, fix all the ripped up parts in, in, in this storybook of a game. And you get confetti by basically doing anything. You, you hit things with a hammer, you win battles and stuff like that. The problem is um, you don't really know how much confetti you have. Like it doesn't, it doesn't say, oh, you need to like kill this many trees or you have to have like this much. Basically, you, you have a bag and then the bag grows. And if it's full, it'll, it, it'll glow green. Um, so, and considering the fact that you can get confetti by doing anything, uh, eventually, you know, you don't really want to run around collecting them anymore. And, um, I just got into this part in the game where, uh, I have to use all this confetti to fix, to fix the floor. And I ran out and, um, I was going to go outside and hit some trees to get, to get, to grab some, but I was locked in the building and that's a plot point. So I was like, Oh, what do I do? Eventually, I found out that I had, to, I had to go to the elevator and fight some more enemies, but uh, it wasn't really immediately obvious. And I wouldn't say that, that that's a challenging thing. It's more of an annoying thing. And um, yeah. And then as he mentioned with the battle system earlier, like the battle system is actually really, really fun. 
but there's so many of them, and the fact that there's no progression system really makes me not want to battle, no matter how good it is. That sucks so, the reward out of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then uh, Animal Crossing, I'm just doing my dailies, and I'm on my Xbox dashboard right now looking for games I want to download. So far, I've downloaded Haven and Chris Tales, and um, I'm looking for more, but you know, I'm going to start small because you know I, I can't play everything at the same time. But yeah, that's mostly been it. What about you, Teresa? Uh, I've been playing the Pokemon Go Fest 2020, and uh, I didn't have to go downtown to do it this week, this year, um, mm-hmm. obviously. <laughs> so um, it's a little disappointing, but they're doing the best, I guess, that they can with the the climate that is around. Um, so there's a lot of uh, Team Rocket uh, battles and things like that. Um, but overall, it's pretty good, uh, but I am going to have to go out and venture into the heat and spend some Pokestops because I am desperately low on items. Um, I've also been playing Kingdom Two Crowns. We just, You guys know how we are with that game. It's, it's our couch co-op. Uh, we yeah. have nothing better to do. What the <laughs> fuck? Um, I was looking at some, uh, some other uh, couch co-op titles, and I didn't really do anything about it, so... Um, but I've got some, some decent ones on my, uh, Steam wish list. So maybe we'll find something else. I think we've, we've done this game to death. You got some uh, retro minis. I can definitely point you in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would, uh, like to play, uh, some nice hack and slash, uh, stuff like Baldur's Gate again, uh, Baldur's Gate 2. So that would be super cool. We still have it, but like I said, uh, the was it the PS2 or the PS3? Well, anyway, it's broken. Yeah. So <laughs> can't really do anything about that right now. Um, but uh, then I've also been playing Animal Crossing. Uh, did a little more than my dailies. I've been fooling around uh, with trying to get my uh, HRA score up and uh, stuff like that. But, you know, just the usual type of stuff. And I am still waiting uh, for Paper Mario for my library. It shows pending. So I'm hoping that maybe tomorrow or Tuesday they'll have it in. And uh, after reading your review, John, I definitely stand by my decision not to drop 60 bucks on that one. So we'll probably just borrow it from the library a couple of times. Uh, each of us will uh, play it or beat it, play it as much as we want or beat it, and um, call it a day. Or a week, I guess. But that's uh, that's really about it. All right, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, this week I'm uh, I'm actually so uh, I mentioned earlier about how you know uh, Ghost of Tsushima was apparently so popular in Japan that PlayStation ran out of stock. Yeah. I'm actually going through the Twitter thread right now at uh, you know what all the Japanese players are saying. Uh, actually, kind of amazing. They are all legitimately surprised that uh, non-Japanese developers managed to get not just Japanese culture, but ancient Japanese culture down so well. Um, so am also, I. Yeah. Also, pretty much all of them are completely addicted to the photo mode. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I have never used photo mode this much at all. Yeah. Um, going, through, going through my review right now, like I don't know what screenshots I want to use. And that's a testament to the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I did want to follow up on one thing. Uh, when getting back onto my Xbox One to check out the demos and all that, uh, 
So I've let my Game Pass and my Golds uh, lapse uh, with the Ultimate Subscription. I saw, like, how do they handle you not having having a bunch of stuff that's only accessible by resubscribing to things? And with the Game Pass stuff, uh, there is no way to tell, as far as I can tell. You have to launch each game and wait for it to say, hey, you don't have access to this game anymore. Uh, which then it bumps you back out of your games and apps uh, app to the main screen, and you have to... And I just went and uninstalled the game and have to go back into the games and apps and find the next game to check. Uh, for gold stuff, for games of gold stuff, it actually puts a little note on it uh, on the, the tile that says gold. So I'm like, oh, that's, that's stuff I got from games of gold, so that stuff's easy to identify, but Game Pass not, for some reason. Uh, which I thought was an interesting... A uh, little wrinkle as I try to clear out some of the stuff. I resubscribed to PC Game Pass because it was a oh. dollar for that, and apparently locks me into uh, the ability to keep the monthly thing going for five bucks a month instead of ten. So I might keep that going for a bit and just Ooh. deal with that instead of having to deal with an Xbox One uh, for this stuff. Um, I think I did find out that Game Pass stuff that'll work on Xbox One is stuff that has I think. Uh, play Anywhere support, which is also weird. So I'd figure it would block it somehow, but who knows. But yeah, I thought that was, that was a whole weird thing trying to get into. Um, but yeah, that uh, we're ready to move on to the the rest of the show. Uh, we'll start off with the, the big event, which was the yep. Xbox uh, Series X game showcase. Yeah. Uh, got a little article here that is like Microsoft's uh, little summary of what happened. Uh, and I watched the show again yesterday and kind of wrote down all the games in the order and all the information they gave us as far as dates and platforms and all that stuff. Because uh, it could be a little bit hard to keep track of all that stuff as you're watching it. Uh, for yeah. For those that did. And uh, the interesting thing on the articles, they call it the... Let's see, where is it? Uh, we debuted the largest, most creatively diverse games lineup in console history for the show. I was like, okay, that's that's a bold thing to say. Led by Halo Infinite, which... Uh, yeah, kicked off the show. That was that was the bulk of the gameplay for the entire show. Was just in that Halo Infinite demo, mm-hmm. um, which just showed a uh, a bit of Master Chief and his buddy that brought him back, I guess, uh, landing on the planet, uh, moving, uh, in which Master Chief just tells him like, "Just stay here, I got this." As he goes around and starts killing dudes, gets in a warthog, you know. Uh, Figures out one of the, because you go into like the overworld uh, map and you can see like, oh, I gotta take this, this uh, air cannon down, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, go does that and you get a little bit of story stuff, I guess, from one of the baddies from maybe Halo 2, I think. Uh, and that looked, that looked pretty good. Uh, not necessarily like a, you know, new console showcase uh, type of thing. Um, yeah, that's out this holiday. Uh, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, PC. Um, yeah, I don't know if we got any Halo fans here. Like thoughts on that whole thing with that being the, the uh, showcase game. Yeah, well, I mean, Halo is sort of uh, was always sort of Xbox's sort of flagship franchise. Yeah, like it, you know, the original Halo was the system seller for the Xbox. Yeah. So and they got this interesting. Uh, uh, whole thing of bringing it back because 343 doesn't have the greatest uh, 
record with Halo, the hardcore Halo fans. People think they've kind of messed up a bit, trying to make make too many changes, I guess. But then this is like uh, a whole bunch of changes as far as the entire structure of the game. Yeah, because they're basically kind of making it an open world game now. It's kind of Destiny, which Blizzard left to go make an open world Bungie. FPS. Bungie. Yeah. Not Blizzard, Bungie. Uh, yeah, Bungie. Yeah. Bungie went left conveniently over to Activision Blizzard. Uh, now they're on their own, but... Mm-hmm. Now, uh, 343 is kind of making that kind of game. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I don't have uh, much nostalgia towards Halo, though I, I, I did play them all. And um, I feel like the series has pretty much gone off the rails as soon as they added running to it. Um, it's always been more of a floaty kind of shooter, and that just really adds to its charm. And when I saw this this um, new gameplay trailer, um, I do feel like it goes back to its roots a little bit. It was cool seeing him uh, jump onto vehicles and uh, switching switching the guns to to the more I- iconic ones that we've seen in the series. Um, although I do have to say, even though like I'm hardly a graphics fiend at all, like this is just, the, the way it looks is hardly impressive, especially when you consider the fact that Xbox has always talked about the power of their visual fidelity of their consoles. And I remember with the 360, they kept uh, pimping out the bump mapping on Master Chief and shit. And Halo, honestly, it doesn't even look all that doesn't look all that great, but um, it does look fun. So I'll give them that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was um, a little interesting that in what is like, you know, their sort of big game showcase before uh, this console that they've been promoting as, you know, the most powerful console ever made <laughs> for, yeah. since last December. I thought it was kind of interesting that in this showcase, yeah, before that console comes out, that they kick it off with Halo. And like, well, Halo has an, well, Halo, obviously, big Microsoft's biggest franchise, um, arguably, uh, has never really been much of a like graphic. You know, it's never really been like a game series that like pushes the boundaries of uh, technology in these consoles. Like, it's never really been a series that's like known for its graphics. But, and I understand why they kicked it off, kicked this event off with Halo. But I just thought it was interesting that, I don't know, they didn't kick it off with something that, or I guess just didn't have. I just thought it was interesting that Halo didn't look all that great. Like, they're, like I don't look at this game and really think, oh, next gen game. Like I mean, yeah. it, it looks good, uh, but like yeah, it's there was not exactly. Saw, uh, like, um, every screenshot of Halo Infinite looks like some sort of screenshot from Halo Two, and I'm like, you're not far off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw Halo fans were kind of griping about that, uh, and so Aaron Greenberg was responding to this, uh, basically saying this is like an older demo, and that's you know COVID 19s affected development and all this kind of stuff. Uh, which I get to a degree, but also, like, this game is out in a few months. Like, yeah, yeah, we, seemed like, we got, like, f- four uh, months till release. Yeah, and it's, like, the, if this is an old demo, like, what's what's keeping the newer stuff from going on? I don't know. Because I, I know the graphics will definitely improve a lot before launch, but, yeah, it, it wasn't the best foot forward for the, trying to get people back into being excited about another Halo game. After kind of four and five, have yeah. definitely caused fans to be a little bit wary about the future games. Yeah, I, I, de- I definitely think like I, I will say, even though like it doesn't exactly look that impressive, um, I, I think that the more important thing though was that it, I mean, it looks like Halo. Like it looks yeah. more, it looks more like 
something that Bungie would make yeah. than you know Halo Four or Five did. Yeah, you know, it's... like 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 I I see that gameplay. And I'm like, oh, that kind of reminds me of like a upgraded version of like you know how Reach played. You know. Yeah, yeah, they're back on another Halo, uh, which uh, affords them the the nice little skybox of the of the Halo kind of uh, wrapping around in the the opposite ends of the map, kind of thing, which looks always looks nice. Uh, it's one of my mm-hmm. favorite parts of the original uh, game, that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, they got some they got some interesting stuff there. And uh, I guess before we continue on, they set up front for this that every game they're talking about here is on Game Pass. Uh, though there's one example here that uh, is not on Game Pass for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, we'll continue on here. Uh, they announced State of Decay 3. Uh, no date, just Xbox Series X and PC. And this is kind of a thing we'll see uh, continuing on here for a number of these that the... Uh, we heard a lot from Phil Spencer, like, oh, you're not going to need to you know, upgrade to Xbox Series X for a few years. And that sort of makes me wonder... If all of these games that just have Xbox Series X and PC are that far out, like another two years out, and kind of wonder why they're being shown uh, so early, especially when we didn't really get anything but like cinematic trailers for most of these. Uh, like Stage of K3 here is one of them, which uh, is a little bit sooner than I thought would be, but uh, if it's going to be a couple more years, it's probably not too bad, but. Uh, the next game here, Forza Motorsports, they're dropping the 8. And also, mm-hmm. it's, uh, as they mentioned in the little description here, it's still early in development. So it's not going to mm. be a launch title, which everybody expected when they took the, the year off. Mm. Uh, which is kind of surprising for this game. Um, yeah, they say they're going to be 4K, 60 frames per second, ray tracing, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, so what... Uh, what do we think about that? Them kind of rebooting Forza here for the next gen. I'm cool with it. Yeah. It wasn't. Uh, well, I mean, how did the last Forza do? I don't think it did. Uh, it, was, it was all right. It yeah, came in. I love I think, Motorsport Seven. Yeah, it had some microtransaction stuff in there, but uh, the action was pretty good still. Mm. Uh, mm. But I think mm. they've run into a little bit of uh, diminishing returns on this gen, at least. Uh, after three Probably. Of these, like the they weren't necessarily doing too much that was like uh justifying them having these games every uh, which would kinda yeah. happen last gen when Forza three and four were kind of the same game. Just slightly different. Uh even the campaigns are kind of the same framework of this kind of calendar system. So yeah, I think it's good. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll I'll talk about it a little more once we get to the part of the show where we talk about the show as a whole. Yeah. Um but uh, Forza is a game that I typically don't buy anymore, but I would want to play. And the fact that, you know, like, what, 99% of these games are going to be on Game Pass definitely seals the deal for me there. Yeah. And I, I, I think, like, that's the main message of the presentation. Yeah, more of an, more of an advertisement for Game Pass than their new console. Which is kind of wild to come out of this whole thing being like, well, Game Pass seems more of a, an interesting thing than this new console. Uh, that they're trying to push. Um, and yeah, this is gonna, I think this is gonna be the first mainline Forza game that's on Game Pass. So I think they started all that after 7. Uh, so I think Forza Horizon 4 was the first one to, first in the whole series to get onto Game Pass, so. Um, let's see, our next game here, Everwild, Rare showed up. 
uh, reminding mm-hmm. us that Everwild still exists, and uh, it's going to be Xbox Series X and PC. We have no clue what this game is, because it was just kind of a weird cinematic trailer, no hint at like, uh, what sort of gameplay and all that, and the, the way the... Uh, yeah, the executive producer, I think, on the the game talked about it. Very much sounded like they're trying to make another Sea of Thieves, but I assume just on land. Yeah. Lots of weird creatures and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it took a it while, hasn't... but Sea of Thieves works now. So yeah, you know, <laughs> my thing is like, uh, you know, Everwild looks cool. The the art direction looks great, but um, do, do we know if it'll be a Sea of Thieves? No, not yet. Do we know if it'll be single player or multiplayer? Not really. They haven't really said shit. Yeah. So nope. it, it's it's definitely on my radar, yeah. and I do want it. But just tell me more about it. Yeah, they kind of the way they talked about it was very much in like we want to work on this game with our community, like Sea of Thieves, which very much makes it sound like it's going to be something you're going to play with other people in some way. But yeah, that yeah. is uh, that's Everwild, another game where it's no dates. We don't know when it's going to happen. Mm. Um, this next one we do. Tell me why. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's a uh, that's from Don't Nod, isn't it? Yep, Don't Nod's new game, their new episodic uh, adventure game that uh, features a transgender protagonist. Oh uh, boy! This but you get a little bit to... of a hint in that in the trailer. Yeah. Um, get to see the 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 twins as younger, they're as kids, and you see like, oh, okay, a little bit different, but. Uh, it seems like they're trying to figure out what happened to their mom, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they don't want to. Maybe they shouldn't. I don't know. But uh, we're going to get the first episode on August 27th. Yeah. Uh, it's on all three. So, obviously because it's coming out before the, the new consoles launch. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if it has any supernatural stuff going on, because all of Don't Nod's games have that. They um, do. Uh, um, Life is Strange Before the Storm didn't have any, but also that was not done up. So Yeah, yeah so they, they show it during the trailer that they kind of have this weird ability to see uh, like a, a vision of the past, I guess, uh, uh-huh. when there's like some emotional stuff going on. Uh, when their emotions okay. get worked up kind of stuff. So I guess they're trying to figure out like what happened to their mom, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. That's kind of where that comes from. I am ready. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, the next game here is kind of their first uh, talking about uh, old games. Ori and the Will yeah. of the Wisps. Yep. Uh, it's getting an upgrade for Xbox Series X, uh, which is good because, from what I heard at launch, that game did not run very well on Xbox One. No. Uh, people had some issues with that. Not really. Uh, especially, like, people had the original Xbox One. Uh, the base ones. Um, so yeah, they're going to update it to have, let's see, 120 FPS, uh, 4K, all that good stuff, lower latency, and uh, some 3D audio stuff as well uh, that they can do on the, the new system. Uh, no idea if that's going to also come to PC or not. Uh, that may, but they were just talking about Xbox Series X for that. And, uh, yeah, might be good for people that uh, didn't play it the first time around. Uh, coming in with the new system. Uh, let's see. Next game. Oh, yeah, The Outer Worlds. Another old game coming back. Uh, this time for a new expansion, Peril on Gorgon. 
Uh, that's out September 9th on everything. Going to get the upgraded version on Xbox Series X. Uh, so it should look nice. Run a little bit better. That was a game I remember playing on Xbox One X, and it chugged a little bit here and there when things were really going. But, uh, yeah, you can kind of continue on with that next expansion. Uh, I, I did like seeing the little fine print on this one where it's like, uh, the base game is uh, is on Game Pass. You still have to pay for this expansion. Uh, and there's you know a season pass for uh, all the expansions if you want it, kind of thing. And that was a that was a thing that happened a few times. I had to put out fine print to make sure you know understood what was what was going on with this. Uh, what was free and what wasn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Our next game here is Grounded, the new Obsidian game that. Yeah, this like- is uh, basically Honey I Shrunk the Kids, the survival RPG, game. I guess. Like a survival game. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's out in two days. So, yeah, kind of one of those games where they're talking about something that's uh, what's going into like early access. So it's still not quite out yet, but it'll be something people. I love how play. so far the trailer was. Yeah, yeah, they're even like, "Oh, you're looking for a big game? Well, it's not this it's game." Never punch. Yeah, uh, being kind of playful with that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, that's another like survival game, playing with friends and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, that you can check out uh, now and maybe play it uh, looking a little bit better on the next gen, uh, maybe when it gets more complete. Uh, but then they came back and said, you know, we, we're still working on our next uh, big RPG uh, called Avow, Avowed, A-V-O-W-E-D, and uh, that, I guess, is set in the Pillars of Eternity universe. But it's not yep. the third game in that series. Um, I suppose. Not much to it, other than a dude that is really good uh, with his bow. Because mm-hmm. he fires an arrow across long distances. Uh, takes out a skeleton, and then it lands in this like weird underground tomb, which is all weird. But that looks like a first-person RPG. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of had a very vibe of like Skyrim, uh, the way it kind of looked. Uh, but yeah, that's... Uh, so I think they announced a new developer they had acquired, Interior Knight, uh, Interior Slash Knight, which are former Quantic Dream. Uh, so it's like a, an interactive drama that kind of had like, kind of looked like a Scanner Darkly, that kind of style of like rotoscoped, uh, uh, stylistic art to mm-hmm. it for the people that were in it, uh, which is set in the American Southwest, uh, multi-generational story. Kind of a little bit weird to kind of grasp the whole thing, but it looked pretty neat. Sometimes a bit different than the usual Microsoft thing. Uh, let's see. Senua's Saga is Hellblade 2 is the next one, mm-hmm. uh, which they featured back in, uh, what, the VGAs? Uh, back in December. It's coming out on Xbox Series X and PC. Uh, no dates on it. They just talk about how it's going to look great. Mm-hmm. A little bit of... And uh, I think it just talked about how it's going to be set in Iceland. Yeah. That they would have like a, a little video doc on their YouTube channel for that. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of check that out. More information on the game. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Then it was uh, Double Fine's turn. Second Hunts 2. Yep. Uh, we got to Long see... awaited. Yep. We got to see Jack Black. Uh, back Again. To do yeah. some like psych rock uh, stuff for a level. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of uh, pretty neat. Uh, yeah, I showed gameplay there of that, like, 
lot of trippy psychedelic stuff that happens as mm-hmm. he's doing his thing. Uh, but that'll be on Xbox Series X, Xbox One, PC, and PS4. Uh, let's see. Then they kind of finished up. That was all their kind of first party stuff, at least for yep. now. Uh, took a little break to talk about Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause now that, uh, now that Sony is not the main marketing dude for that, uh, partner for that game, it's Microsoft mm-hmm. now. So Bungie is back with Microsoft in a less, less, uh, strict manner. But, yeah. uh, they do, uh, make a deal for Game Pass. You get all the expansions on the Xbox One version. Yep. Uh, in September. I uh, showed a trailer for Beyond Light, their new expansion. It's coming out uh, now November 10th. It was going to come out in September. Uh, I think if you have Ultimate for that, I didn't see what all the caveats were for that. Mm. Like Ultimate, you might get the the new expansion uh, with that. Yeah, I'm trying to look. Okay, you get the standard edition of Beyond Light uh, for the regular Game Pass. Uh, it's Xbox Series X, Xbox One, PC. Yeah, it's going to have a new new version on the new consoles. That'll look a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that want that. Um, yeah. That seems neat. Uh, and then, uh, from this point on, they said all the rest of the games here are exclusive. At least launch exclusives. For the consoles. Uh, for their consoles. Um, we start off with Stalker 2. Mm-hmm. A game people have not heard of in quite a while. Oh, goodness, yes. Uh, technically got cancelled, I think, this sequel. And the devs picked it back up, I guess, when Microsoft mm-hmm. got involved. That'll be interesting to see how that is on a console. Because I remember that when that came out, the original ones, those are PCS, PC games. Oh, yes. Very much so. Uh, then we got a Warhammer game. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember, crap, what's it called? Eventide, something like that? Uh, their Left 4 Dead style uh, melee game set in the original Warhammer universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's 40K, and they call it Dark Tide. Because to make sure you know that it's the Warhammer 40k version of that, it's going to be darker and you're going to have guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's out next year, 2021. You're going to have more DACA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's Xbox Series X and PC. Uh, then they brought up something uh, a little bit surprising Tetris Effect Connected, uh, an upgraded version that has uh, multiplayer and co op modes in it. Uh, which, along with that, I'm trying to find the description yeah. on here. Uh, there it is. Yeah, co-op and competitive online and local multiplayer modes. Uh, they'll be on Game Pass sometime this holiday. Uh, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, and the PS4 uh, Epic Game Store, I think, is the PC version now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Oculus Quest get it next summer, that update. So kind of weird exclusive update for the next, I don't know, year, uh, which is weird. Um, and the Steam version has been put on halt for now. They don't have a date for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would assume every single PC thing is mentioned here is Windows Store. And this is Steam on everything, but some will have Steam. I think Halo Infinite's already on pre-order for Steam. Mm-hmm. So you can put down money for that already. But uh, yeah, Tetris Effect finally on the Xbox platforms. Uh, good for people that want that. Um, let's see. The next one was uh, from Image and From. Makes of the Steam World games. Mm-hmm. Uh, with one of the best titles of the day. The Gunk. <laughs> uh, 
uh, a game where you are sucking up gunk. I assume for mm-hmm. various uh, gameplay reasons, but didn't get too much of a a glimpse of that. But that's how it's in September 2021. That's what mm-hmm. we're saying right now. Uh, that one is, I believe, completely exclusive to Xbox. They said they're not coming off of Xbox. Uh, I actually dig that the gunk look a lot. I'm just not a big fan of the title. And uh, the back of my mind was hoping that it was a Jet Force Gemini thing, but no, it wasn't. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. No, it's... Uh, let's see. It's a encounter terrifying enemies and challenging puzzles and quests to unravel the mystery of a forgotten planet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, the medium made a return from the last uh, big stream. Uh, showed off its like dual reality, uh, split screen kind of gameplay, mm-hmm. uh, which I believe they patented the notion of uh, showing two versions, two like dimensional versions of the same area. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know all the what that what that entails, but uh, it's Xbox Series X and PC, so we get to see that uh, a little bit more, some gameplay there, and then uh, a very confusing whole trailer for. Uh, Fantasy Star Online 2, New Genesis, uh, which made it look like uh, completely... Yeah. It looked really sweet. I mean, it's it's a side-by-side companion game. It's not... It's not a continuation. It's it's just different. Yeah, it's going to split the community is what it's going to do. Maybe, but I think that we're going to end up uh, logging in back and forth. Hmm. I mean, I could see that happening. And they're both yeah, free to play, so it's no skin off my ass, but... Yeah. Yeah, I I have a lot of questions, and next year is going to answer them, but... It'll be fun uh, to play. I'm not I, I'm not saying I'm not looking forward to it. I'm just saying it its relationship to PSO2 vanilla... Um, yeah. Like, the UI yeah. is all changed. Mm-hmm. It definitely looks like a 4K UI, because everything is super small now. And here's the thing, though, um, that I wanted to get to is they're releasing this in place of PSO2 Episode 7. Yes. So that, that that implies an end of support coming for oh. PSO2 Vanilla. Which is not too surprising, considering no. that that's been out for like eight years. Yeah. I mean, and it may you know be... what I'm saying, though. Yeah, it may be a little yeah. akin to Final Fantasy XI versus Final Fantasy fourteen. I think that maybe it won't be so bad because you're not having to pay for a subscription as you did with uh, those MMOs. Um, But I could see people definitely bouncing back and forth between the two. You know, sometimes you're going to be playing the, the, um, the new one and you might think, ah, you know, I really miss doing blah, blah, blah. So you just log back in over there and go, go over there. And it's yeah. nice that you'll be able to take your characters back and forth. However, the, the leveling and whatnot is going to be completely new yeah. in uh, new, new Genesis. Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is the S for Saga? No, it's just a... Uh, um, just S for whatever the yeah, Sega it, wants it's to the, It's the abbreviation. It's kind of like, um, like Shadowbringers in Final Fantasy XIV's SHB. Yeah. Apparently that's how Sega's going to be doing it too. Okay. Genesis. Yeah. I mean, it, it yeah. looks it looks really nice. Yeah. Definitely like. And, is this is this the same game I've been playing? Yeah. Right. And it has. It looks like it has some decent depth to it too. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, just like when in 2021. Yeah, the nature <laughs> of what the, the game is is weird. When it was first shown, I thought it was Zeno. Yeah. Yeah, that's like a lot that's of the missions a... end with you fighting a big enemy yeah. of some kind. So yeah, those are very... That's high praise for Sonic Team there, too. Yeah. Yeah, and the article they wrote for this, they say three keywords for this this whole thing. Uncharted, expansive world, unknown threats, and the true adventure starts now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that last one's like, you've been doing nothing, you idiots. This is a real <laughs> game. Well, I'm pretty sure at least half of us are on board. Yeah, so. no, I'm in. I, <laughs> I can't wait to get my hands on this. Too, right? I mean, that... if this is going to be available like <sighs> rather early in the Xbox Series X, uh, you know, life, then yeah, looks like it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be sometime next year. Yeah. Who knows when? Yeah, and it does seem like it's going to be uh, Xbox and Windows, so just Microsoft for now. Yeah. Which is kind of a shame because that you know. Well, they're the ones who facilitated the entire move west, so I can see yeah. why um, why it lives there. Yeah, but. it's just like it slays me that there's you know at least one person I know who has neither Windows nor an Xbox. <laughs> so I very much like yeah. to play with him, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, I wonder if this is going to keep their exclusivity going for a while longer. Uh. And then essentially shut it out, shut out the PS4 completely out of getting yeah. this game. Uh, to the In the West, West, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, in Japan, it's going to PC, Switch, and PS4. Yeah. In the West, it's coming to Xbox and PC. How weird, you know? Yeah, that's like extra work you're doing for a small part of the audience. Yeah. Uh, especially know, for the, the console that sold less than the other one by a significant amount. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, it's... It's weird, but whatever. The people that want this will get the thing that usually they can get it on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the that's the that's like the one of the few Japanese parts of this whole this whole thing. Um, yeah, the other one is Crossfire X, uh, and this is a this is another one that's uh, requires some fine yeah. details because <laughs> what they showed is the campaign, which is being made by Remedy. Uh, which is crazy. Um, this is a game that, despite probably nobody here in the West ever hearing of it before it got announced for Xbox, uh, it was one of the biggest games in Asia. As like a Counter-Strike style multiplayer shooter, first-person shooter kind of thing. Um, so yeah, this out later this year. Uh, Remedy's making the single player, uh, and they put up a little fine screen uh, it's only on Xbox Series X and PC, or Xbox One. No PC version in this announcement, because they already made the PC version, but it's only in Asia, I think. Uh, so it's a little weird whole thing, but they put fine print saying, multiplayer is free to play, which requires gold to you know, actually play that. And then single player is not on Game Pass. It's a separate purchase. So this is the one game that's weird. not on Game Pass... And the way they're setting it up very much feels like it comes from uh, a, uh, let's see, where is it? I think it's from Korea, South Korea, but it really feels like that kind of setup would be coming from Asia, like a free-to-play game kind of thing. So yeah, that's like that's like one of the weirder parts of this whole show, but uh, then they finish it off with Fable. Uh, finally happening, uh, coming from... Uh, Playground Games, 
their other studio that's been working on an RPG for a while. Uh, no real information. Uh, it's just a, a trailer of a fairy that gets eaten by a frog and then, you know, humor and then it's yeah. stable. Yeah. And that's Xbox Series X and PC. So that's kind of the show. What did, what did you guys think of it? Of the whole offering? There were things I liked, some other things I thought were just okay. It wasn't terribly impressive, let me put it that way. Well, it it basically sums up like um, my thoughts that the launch is really going to be all about um, one platform having more than the other. So we don't know much about the PS5's backward compatibility yet, though we do expect it. And on, on, on the other hand, with Xbox, they actually did allow launch. They actually did um, announce launch titles this time around, and they've also uh, pretty much said like everything there would show up on Game Pass. So that's going to be a huge selling point. And no, no, no matter what the um, the, the difference in, in console price would be, so that's a huge boon to it. And you know, props to them for getting everybody on their ecosystem, and it, it, it should be a lot of fun. That said, uh, none of the games shown were really like you know bangers or, or, or something in the middle that, that'll, that'll make your console worth it. But when you look at the launch of the Xbox One and the PS4, uh, those launches weren't that, weren't that great either. Um, like, the Switch was, like, a, a huge exception to the rules. So, it'll be interesting to see. Um, as for the whole cadence in general, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of ending your presentation with a logo. And, and, and I'm talking about Fable there. Uh, so, uh, Fable is an, ex- an, an exciting announcement, so that there, there's something there. But I, I think they could have just switched Halo and uh, Fable there. But it was a good presentation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, overall, I, I, I thought it was fine. Uh, there wasn't exactly anything that was really like particularly like outstanding. Um, it definitely feels like they're trying to like if it, it, it's definitely more of like it, it's less of a xbox series x showcase and more of like a xbox as like uh like more of like a yeah xbox as like a service kind of showcase mm-hmm. i feel because because a lot of these games are uh, well, actually yeah all all of these games are going to be like on pc as well um yeah. so there is that uh but but and i i i think I definitely think that Microsoft is certainly tr- like trying to move past like Xbox as a console and move towards you know Xbox as a service. Um, but I did think, um, y- yeah, like ending it like it was cool to see others were getting a new Fable, but it, it was also disappointing that it was pretty much just a CG animation and then a logo, and that's how I think a lot of these reveals were. Yeah. And I think that, um, like they started it off strong with, you know, like nine minutes of halo infinite gameplay, but then like a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the announcements here were mostly just like, you know, CG trailers or trailers that didn't feature all that much gameplay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there is something definitely a little bit disappointing in that. I thought it was kind of strange to have, um, the, the, the one game that did kind of catch my attention, um, the medium, I felt like it was kind of like, caught in the middle of a lot of stuff like particularly um you know towards the events like back half mm-hmm. uh and i think that would i think that would have been a really good game to like you know feature either like in the beginning or i don't know show as like i don't know maybe like the last or the second last game 
because I thought that did a pretty good job of, you know, demonstrating some of the capabilities of the Series X, like, you know, having two worlds that are rendered like at this, like simultaneously, you know, Uh, you know, because like that, that's something that, you know, probably couldn't do all that well on. uh, Yeah, probably couldn't do on like a PS4 Pro or like a Xbox One right now. But uh, yeah, I mean, overall, uh, I thought it was I thought it was fine. Uh, I definitely think that quite a few of the games that they showed um, probably we're probably not going to see for a while. I mean, particularly the ones that are only announced for Series X and PC, just because I feel like there have there have been those comments in the past. Uh, I I don't remember if Phil Spencer made them or not, but like there there have been comments in the past about um, you know the Series X not having uh, any like series x exclusive games or you know xbox one users not having to worry about upgrading for like a year or two after release so like i feel like some of these you know probably not seeing until like um you know holiday 2021 at the earliest yeah yeah like coming in without dates on almost like half of this stuff if not more is kind of made it very clear that's you know, the, the launches that we got coming up, like, we still don't know really ton of what is happening then. Mm-hmm. You know, like Halo on the Xbox side, we got Spider-Man on the Sony side. Uh, maybe a couple smaller indie games we're pretty sure are going to happen then. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. kind of it right now. Yeah, yeah, like, definitely, I, I, I mean, like, I, I'm sure that, like, like, I'm looking forward to a lot of the games that they announced. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it just, it, I mean, like, it is a little strange that, I mean, like, oh, I mean, like they they just didn't really give out all that. They they more or less just told them that they these games exist, really. Yeah. And not much else. Yeah, that's definitely. How many of these were like cinematic trailers? Whereas uh, Sony kind of started off with uh, Spider Man, then I think Ratchet and Clank, and we got a couple gameplay bits for that. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we got like a, a good chunk of Gran Turismo Seven, uh, showing off their gameplay, which suggests it's probably much farther along than Forza is. Um, and, like, those are pretty early on in that show that kind of gave you, like, all right, here's, here's like, what you can expect from some next-gen games here, uh, some stuff that looked really nice. And they kind of did that with Halo Infinite and then didn't have anything else to contrast it. So when Halo Infinite kind of falls a little bit flat with a lot of the audience, uh, it yeah. kind of definitely puts you at a... They're like, oh... Okay, I wonder what else they have, if that's the thing, and it's not quite nailing it for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not the thing that people are coming out of this being like, all right, we're ready for this system. Just tell us when and how much. And people are like, oh, should they keep doing these Halo games? Because they're not quite uh, nailing whatever the audience wants. Yeah, like, what what gameplay did we get? We got Halo Infinite. Uh, we got a little bit of Ori and Tell Me Why in Outer Worlds. Two of those three are already out. Mm-hmm. Got really a little bit much. of Grounded. Yeah, Grounded 2. That's out in two days, so I would hope they have gameplay to show yeah. for that. Yeah. Uh, Psychonauts 2, we got yeah. some gameplay to go with the the Jack Black song, which is cool. Yeah, yeah not uh, going to lie. Whenever whenever they showed Psychonauts... Well, uh, yeah, whenever they uh, showed Psychonauts 2, like, specific, well, specifically, when they showed Jack Black, uh, like, you know, I, I figured it was Psychonauts 2, but for a second, I was just like, you know, it would be crazy, like, if they just announced Brutal Legend 2. But then, yeah. obviously, it was Psychonauts 2. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh-huh. 
I would have been cool if they just did a Brutal Legend remake that just got rid of all the RTS parts of it. Yeah. <laughs> it just made it the, the part that people really liked out of that game. Um, yeah, so we got Psychonauts 2. Technically we got Tetris Effect, but that's also Tetris. That's not really gameplay that's hard to come up with, and I <laughs> like got some in the PSO2 bit. Uh, I guess a little bit in Crossfire X. So there was some there, but not really like too much that was like there to kind of show you what to expect out of a new console. Yeah, Especially. yeah, like cro- Crossfire Crossfire X more or less looked like uh like it, it I mean it more or less looked like uh I guess Call of Duty but faster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't even that much to get like what the remedy part of this game is. Yeah, um, yeah, I thought that I thought that was interesting too that they're like they're on this and like I I kept like expecting, you know, some kind of like weird gameplay hook like, you know, like how Alan Wake has you like use shadows or like control gives you all these powers, but it yeah. it looked kind of plain. <laughs> yeah, I think that'll be interesting to see because I think the the stuff I've heard about the multiplayer betas they've been doing is not great. It seemed very rough uh, for an Xbox One game, so uh, who knows what that's gonna how that whole package comes together as a thing because the MP the multiplayer is free. You can just play that uh, without buying it. And single player is going to require uh, like thirty buck purchase, I think it is, uh-huh. which is something that first person shooters don't do right now. You don't really get them separated like that, which people do want that with like Call of Duty, but I don't think they really want to pay the prices that Activision would actually charge them for a separate yeah. version of those things. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a show that. Showed me why I should stick with PC Game Pass uh, when these things come out. Not necessarily keep it as like a full-time subscription like I do with Netflix. Because Netflix has shit coming out all the time that I'm always like, oh, I gotta check that out. I gotta check uh-huh. that out. And they send me emails constantly that are sometimes annoying. Uh, I don't know if you guys get that on Netflix where it's like, I think I watched like two episodes of a show and then had to go to work and it's like, hey, you should continue watching. It's like, why don't you shut the fuck up? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm working, you assholes. Sometimes people don't fucking binge shows all the fucking time. Uh, that seems like what they kind of want to get to with Game Pass, but I don't think they have the amount of stuff coming in constantly just yeah. yet. Uh, maybe they will at some point, but yeah, like, how many games here don't even have years on them for when they're uh-huh. supposed to be expected is definitely telling, like, how far out some of these games are. Uh, that's kind of wild, but, uh, yeah. Uh, with that, uh, we do have some side announcements because there was like a pre-show and a couple other things that got announced alongside uh, this whole event. Uh, the first one is a big one that Dragon Quest fans have been expecting for a year or so now that the Switch version's been out, which is at Dragon Quest XI-S. Uh, what's the full name of this stupid version of this game? Uh, Dragon Quest XI-S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition. An incredibly long name for this, but uh, it's finally coming to Xbox One, PS4, and PC uh, December 4th. Uh, there is a catch. It is a port of the Switch version to these consoles. So the consoles that already had the game, uh, that original version is going to look way better than this does. Uh, which I guess they probably knew this ahead of time, which is why it's only 40 bucks to pre-order uh, on the uh, Xbox One, uh, PS4, and PC 
So kind of taking uh, the price down a bit, which is probably also annoys Switch people. They're like, I paid 60 bucks for this damn thing. And it's it still 60 bucks. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it gets you a lot of uh, bonuses and such. Uh, uh, the orchestrated soundtrack, uh, the ability to play in 2D, which is like, well, there's one way you get around the graphical differences. Just play mm-hmm. in 2D and don't worry about the rest of the game ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh I think there's some quality of life stuff, like a faster battle system uh, options you can do and all that kind of stuff. It seems like for pure additions and all that, it's probably a pretty good one. Uh, if you either waited for the original uh, game to ever get the an update or DLC for that, that's not happening. Yeah. Uh, but at least bringing that back so people can uh, spend another 40 bucks on this game. Mm. Uh, yeah, but like with Square Enix a lot, uh, there's a catch half the time for a lot of their ports. Uh, anybody here going to be getting this new version? I'm actually waiting for the Switch version to drop in price, um, but I do yeah. enjoy the original lot. Yeah, the the unfortunate thing about that Switch version is published by Nintendo, mm-hmm. so you're on their clock for sales. Which I think they yeah. just had a sale like a month or so ago. Like around mm-hmm. when the E3 was going to happen, they had a big E3 sale that was on sale for the first time. But that might be it for the year. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Coming out of nowhere is this Balan Under uh, Wonderworld game, which is Yuji Naka's oh. new game. Yeah, okay, this one was the announcement of the day for me. Like, I don't care if it's not an Xbox exclusive. This is the one that I want now. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the director is Yuji Naka. Uh, I think he also has character designer Naoto Oshima uh, mm-hmm. from Sega is also working on designs for uh, this game. It's the Knights book. Yep, kind of. It definitely has a very Knights into Dreams kind of vibe to the. Yeah, it looks like a Knights into Dreams game. Like, especially that art. character just looks that kind of weird look to it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this game is going to be out on all of the platforms. PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, mm. Switch, and PC. Uh, so if you have a platform to play games on, it's probably... Uh, let's see, when is this coming out? Spring 2021. So yeah. next spring. Not too far off, but... Uh, yeah, it looked pretty neat. Uh, I don't know what the hell yeah. Sega was doing that they let uh, these guys get away from them, but they probably also did want to work with Sega at this point anyway. I'm guessing. Uh, oh, Yuji Naka's Nark- been a freelancer forever now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's like, this is a very Sega-looking game, and it's coming out of Square Enix. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. But yeah, the, let's see. Another game, uh, Echo Generation. An yep. Indie RPG. Uh, very much kind of has the it's vibe of, like, <laughs> Earthbound meets, like, Stranger Things. Yeah. Uh, with, like, a, a voxel look to it. Yeah. Uh Looks pretty neat. Uh, one is coming out next year, 2021. Uh, yeah, look pretty neat for what it is. Uh, might just check that out. I don't know if that's going to be on Game Pass. Doesn't look like it. Yeah. Don't see any mention of it here, but... Uh, let's see, what's the other one? Exo Mecha. It's a free-to-play multiplayer FPS with uh, mechs in it. Uh-huh. Uh, everything is very shiny chrome. Uh... But yeah, it's coming out to Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, when is this? I think it's... Yeah, this, this article's very long. Q3 slash Q4 2021. 
So late next year. Uh, yeah, for Xbox Series X, that 4K high fidelity mode and 120 FPS mode. Uh, let's see, 20, 120 FPS mode will be also be 4K, but dynamic resolution. Oh. Cross generation, so you can play with people on whatever platform. Has a nice look to it. Yep. Uh, and the last one is Hello Neighbor 2 is coming to Xbox Series X, uh, Xbox One, and PC. One of mm-hmm. those. One of those indie games that is secretly really popular with kids, sort of like Freddy. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's, yeah. Yeah, yeah it looks like it's got some good jump scares. I mean, I want to play this one. Yeah, I think these are probably less, a little bit less scary than Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm. But still, they're very stealthy games. Not like you're just sitting, uh, trying to keep these creepy fucking <laughs> animatronics away from you. Mm. But uh, yeah, that'll be. Uh, Xbox Series X and Xbox One, smart, uh, smart delivery. Yeah. I think one thing I forgot to say about the Xbox Series X showcase is it kind of feels like a, the whole situation with Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and PC stuff kind of feels like they're going to need charts to make sure you know, like, what features are on what platforms, like, which ones are just straight ports, which ones are going to get upgraded mm-hmm. features, all that kind of stuff for graphics and all that. Uh, that'd be interesting because that's like, that's what a uh, Euro gamer is like best at is going through all that technical stuff. Sometimes uh, those games are going to be uh, full of uh, information to get for those people that really care yeah. about that stuff. Uh, but let's get away from new platforms to uh, ones you probably have. The Switch, uh, the Nintendo Direct mm-hmm. Mini, happened on, was it Monday? Uh, where they, they literally announced it at midnight Eastern Time. Uh so that people that woke up might not even know it was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I think it was at like 10 a.m., something like that. Nintendo's got to get better at that. I think there was a reason why they announced it in the middle of the night. Because <laughs> they probably <laughs> realized that people were probably going to hype it up and be break. like, yeah, I want Breath of the Wild 2, I need Metro Prime 4, I need all this announced, or else I'm killing myself. Ah. And then we saw yeah. it's going to be a of value direct... was lost. Yeah, it was yeah. going to be a mini direct based on their partners. Yeah, like, they said uh, a few games. And so I was like, eh, yeah, this will probably be interesting stuff, but not nothing mind blowing. Except for, well, yeah, it was something mind Yeah, but e- e- even then, like, like, yeah, like, I feel like if they would have announced, like, let's say, like, you know, happens Monday, let's say they announce it, like, Saturday or, like, Friday or even, like, Sunday morning. Mm. Like, I think we. Uh, what was it last week? Whenever they uh, had the treehouse with Paper Mario and their uh, the Bakugan game, which was then, which then they were like presenting as like way, as like WayForward's new game. You know, like yeah. over the two the two days between when that was announced and then when it happened and it was revealed to be Bakugan, like people were going wild with all kinds of third party speculation, yeah, like no more heroes. Like, it's not Bayonetta. one of our. It's not one of our IPs. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this one just had five announcements here. Uh, the first one was Cadence of Hyrule is getting a season pass mm-hmm. uh, with three packs in it. Uh, let's see, a character pack gives you five new characters, including Impa, uh, oh. who is a ranged attack character, uh, and Arya, who uh, is a one-hitter game over character. Yeah. Uh, so that's out now. Uh, you can get, I think, they're each... Let's see, six bucks for these first two packs and ten bucks for the last one. The second pack is a melody pack, gives you thirty nine new songs. 
Uh, Damn. Remix versions of the game's background music, and you can change your background music at any time. Uh, oh. So you can listen to whatever songs you want as you're playing. I think they also announced the physical version, right? Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, the last pack is a story content pack featuring Skull Kid called Symphony of the Mask. Uh, we get to play as uh, Skull Kid, who, uh, whose abilities uh, changes based on the mask he has on. Uh, has new songs and a new story for that. That is a $10 pack. And to save money, uh, which seems like a no-brainer to get, is the, the season pass for 15 bucks versus like 22 bucks for all three separately. Uh, unless you just want one of the packs. Uh, but if you buy the season pass, you get bonus costumes for Link and Zelda. And there's going to be a physical version out October 23rd with the game and all the DLC for 40 bucks. Uh, so you can get that. That's not bad. Physical yeah, game. it's not bad. Uh, let's see. The next game was Rogue Company. They announced. Uh, it was announced a little while ago, but uh, they set a date for the uh, closed beta. It started that same day. Uh, for all platforms, I like think it's Xbox, yeah. PS4, Switch, and PC. Uh, it's I think thirty bucks to get into the closed beta. This is uh, high res, makers of Smite and Paladins. This is kind of how they've done those, where you can pay to get in early. Like you get like all the characters, all that kind of stuff in those other games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can kind of pre-order all that stuff and uh, check it out. Uh, but they've been giving out codes too uh, for people to want to check yeah. that out as well. So I think it's more Counter-Strike style multiplayer. Which is surprising to get announced on a Switch stream. Uh, but it has cross-platform play and cross-saving, so you can take your stuff cross-platforms as you need to. Uh, but this one has motion-controlled aiming. And, uh, yeah. And the game nobody gave a damn about, WWE 2K Battlegrounds. Got a trailer. Uh, Sets yeah. out September 18th, and that's all we need to say. Nobody cares about this game. Uh... But then they came out and uh, announced two new, uh, or not two new, but there were two Sega slash Atlas games here. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remaster, which is coming out to Switch and PS4. Yes. Uh, next spring, I think it is. Yeah, spring 2021, uh, which is a game that is a cult hit. Oh, yeah. It's and a real ball breaker. Like, it is a destroyer of testicles. Yeah. yeah, it's a game yeah, I've heard it. a lot about, but never played it because uh, it was like a lot of those Atlas games of that era in the PS2 until like Persona Three kind of went under the radar. Yeah, Persona yeah. Three and Persona Four did uh, for a bit as well, but uh, this is the Shimagami Tensei series, which doesn't have any of the day-to-day stuff that Persona is known for, uh, unless story. It's a, there's story to it, but it's not as in your face as Persona's is. Yeah, it's definitely uh, different. Yeah. Yeah, it's different and it's also batshit crazy. Yeah. Makes me wonder if the Digital Devil saga might be on the way. I think it very well might. Yeah, they could do with getting some of those three D S games out of the three D S ecosystem. Well uh, uh Digital Devil Saga's PS two. Yeah, but I think it also released on the three D S. They put a lot of those games, those old games on the three D S. Uh, at this point, but uh, yeah, along with that, they followed that up with... Oh, that was uh, Devil Survivor. Okay. Yeah, there's those names get all mixed up at a certain point. Yeah. Uh, they use a lot of the same terms. Um, but yeah, Shimagami Tensei 5 finally made an appearance after a few years of nothing. 
Uh-huh. Uh, saying it's going to be a simultaneous global launch uh, for Switch in That's 2021. That's utter insanity, actually. Like, yeah. Um, uh, SMT is pretty much as niche as, niche as it gets. I mean, oh, it, yeah. it has its popularity, but like the, the fact that a spinoff in Persona was able to overcome SMT is a big thing. But here, here's, here's the thing. If you're new to SMT, this, um, aside from it being batshit crazy, these games are hard. So oh, you've yeah. never God. Like yeah. I was saying. <laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah. It's, oh, so uh, many people are going to get exposed to genuine SMT that aren't ready for it. Yep. I can't wait. Yeah, the nice thing is, like, the, the battle systems are not too different. A lot of the same kind of expo- uh, exploiting uh, elemental weaknesses. Uh, They're also far less hard, too. Yeah. Uh, Don't forget the bribery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was in Persona 5. Uh, yeah. Them demanding stuff of you. Uh, before you come back, uh, before you get the demons. Um, probably one of the funniest things I saw with Shin Megami Tensei 5 is that, uh, there was a guy on Twitter who's like, oh, if they announced Shin Megami Tensei 5, this is like before the, the thing happened, I was gonna staple, he said, uh, I'm gonna staple my nuts to my leg. And I think people are like, <laughs> well, that, that tweet aged poorly. Yeah. I don't think he actually followed through with it, but, uh, that's that's how unexpected that was that they were going to end this with Shimagami Tensei games. Um, so those redeemed the whole thing uh, for some people. Other people wanted yeah. much more yeah. out of it. Yeah, I, I mean, like if if you're a Nintendo fan who doesn't play very much PS4 or Xbox, and you're not a JRPG fan or Animal Crossing, uh, yeah, I kind of feel for you because Nintendo has literally done nothing uh, this particular year. And the hard part is we can't say it's been a bad year for Nintendo because Animal Crossing is now a top five selling fucking thing of all time, and the Switch is is, is is rare again. So Nintendo is printing all this money, but for you know their hardcore fan base that doesn't play JRPGs or Animal Crossing, uh, they're 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 not in good ground right now. <laughs> yeah, their their production has been kind of up and down throughout the whole Switch's life. They haven't found that smooth point where things are just coming out at a, a decent pace, like. Sony kind of has yeah. at this point, um, but yeah, that's go ahead. Um, it's uh, we 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 also don't want to overuse like COVID as an excuse, but when you're a company like Nintendo, where everything that you say and do is pretty much looked at under a microscope, it's pretty hard. Not to mention like uh, I'm having trouble like believing that you know Nintendo management is just allowing people to just take their work home because they're super secretive and yeah. anything can leak out. And if you're working from home, it's just shit. So. Yeah, they're, and Nintendo's a big wild card for this fall because we know nothing that's happening. Paper yeah. Mario's the last game we know about from them. And that's how yeah, they're not launching a system, so they've been pretty quiet. Yep. Yeah. So at the did they say, go ahead. Did, uh, uh, did they say when uh, Pokemon Snap is coming out? Like, is that this year? Or? There, there, there was no year. Um, I have no oh, reason okay. to believe it's not going to come out this year. And it, is, it definitely has been one of their biggest announcements over the past few months, but there's been no definitive recourse. And like, compared to everybody else's presentations, they've uh, clearly stated that COVID-19 is affecting them. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting year for Nintendo, but they've kind of had enough coming out that they can survive just fine uh, for the rest of this year. But, yeah, they've been the one that's been kind of the most hit by COVID-19 just changing how they yeah. have to work. Uh, which I think is, I've heard, is just kind of more of a, a Japanese 
uh, issue because like webcams and that kind of stuff is not really as ubiquitous over there for people uh-huh. who work at home as much as it is. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the the big events we had for this week. We still got some more stuff here to talk about. Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon finally confirmed for the PS5 after Sega doing this whole weird marketing cycle of not mentioning it at all. Uh, that kind of drove people nuts, wondering what the heck is going on. Um, so we found out that uh, I think the game, the rest of the versions are coming out November 12th, uh, which may be uh, some sort of hint at when maybe Xbox Series X uh, will happen somewhere in, somewhere around that frame. Uh, I think Xbox Series X is still uh, waiting for the console itself, whenever that is, but they're putting Yakuza in the middle of the, the holiday rush, which is kind of wild. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's just the Microsoft uh, portion of it, as far as getting it ready for that launch, is kind of pushing their hand to get the rest out then. But that, yeah, that's Sega's kind of going for it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this series, and this is the, the one game that plays the most differently from every... Um, but yeah, the PS5 version's been confirmed, and it's coming out next spring, I think it is. Next summer? What did I write here? Just next year, I think. Um, but it's going to have an English dub uh, featuring uh, crap, who is it? Uh, George Takai. Oh, wow. Uh, as well as some other uh, uh fairly well-known actors. Uh, Elizabeth Maxwell's playing uh, one of the characters, Andrew Morgado, uh, Greg Chun, Kaiji Tang. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some of these characters might have been like in the some of the original Yakuza games who are making their uh, grand return to play some other characters uh, that are appearing in this. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of uh, an interesting whole whole thing here. Uh, it's a game that's kind of a spin-off of the rest of them, gameplay-wise, but still taking place in the same world with some... Uh, probably has some cameos from characters you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that is, uh, that is Yakuza. Happening. Uh, let's see, Fantasy Strike has become a free-to-play game. Mm-hmm. As well as adding two new characters to the bunch. Uh, which Fantasy Strike is kind of a fighting game designed by David Serlin. Yep. Uh, well known in the, uh, the development community. And this one's supposed also to be like a good fun. fighting gamer in his own right. Yeah. And this one's supposed to be like a very uh, newbie friendly kind of game, isn't it? Yeah, it's basically there to teach you the fundamentals of the fighting genre. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The free to play version here uh, lets you use the entire roster, no grind to unlock them. Uh, you get free practice, solo matches versus AI, online casual and ranked matches in spectator mode. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, two new characters added. Uh, let's see. New players can unlock additional game modes, such as local versus mode, online matches against friends, boss rush mode, survive mode, and arcade mode with illustrated narrative sequences uh, with the core pack that is paid. Uh, not sure what the uh, prices over here in uh, North America, but it seems like a not too bad of a price for uh, the UK. We say it's like fifteen forty nine. Mm-hmm. They also have a subscription option called Fantasy Plus that gets you double XP, uh, master costumes for each character reaches level twenty, and the replay theater. And uh, Fantasy Strike veterans who already own the game get all the access they had before, as well as sixty new cost- costume color sets. 
It seems like they're probably providing value for pretty much everybody that wants to play that game. Uh, getting out to a, a good new market for people that want to try out something for free. Okay. Yep. Uh, let's see. Rocket League is also going free to play. Mm-hmm. Sort of a, a very big move for them. Uh, after five years, they are finally taking their next chapter. Uh, going free to play later this summer. No date on that yet. Uh, but that, I assume, is when they're going to start the new season and Rocket Pass and all that. Yep. Uh, but yeah, they're revamping uh, major features like tournaments and challenges, uh, as well as cross-platform progression, which is great, because uh, the notion of trying to do Rocket Pass uh, challenges for every single platform individually is not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems like they're going to have cross... Uh, cross-platform inventory, so you can bring all your cosmetics you've earned on one platform to the others. I don't know what the specifics are on that, as far as, like, bringing them all together versus having one as your main and, like, overriding all the others. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought there'd be a way of merging that, because uh, people would definitely like that for people that play on multiple platforms. Um, but yeah, they're also bringing it to a game store. Uh, and along with that, I think the Steam version is going to be delisted whenever this happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people that own it are going to be able to keep playing it and get all the updates and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, so that'll be nice. It'll be free on every platform. Uh, what else is here? Yeah, if you've played it before, uh, you get a bunch of free stuff uh, to go with it. Uh, they're going to unlock all the Rocket League branded DLC uh, that's been uh, released before this free-to-play stuff, which is uh, quite a few cars. Uh, they got an FAQ section that explains all this. Uh, it's like a good seven cars, plus, uh, that's more than that. It's like maybe 13 cars, something like that. Uh, plus a bunch of skins and such. They're gonna unlock all the skins that are rated as common, which are typically like the, mm-hmm. the early stuff you unlock as you beat, or as uh, you complete matches, that kind of stuff. They give you a new title. Uh, that's established 20XX, and they'll i fix that to what the first year you started playing Rocket League is. Yep. So for people on PS4 that got it for PS Plus, they say you established 2015. Uh, special boost, special wheels, special banner, and there's... If you played online multiplayer before that announcement, there's also another boost they're going to give, so... Uh, yeah, there's they're doing a lot of stuff to kind of make this as uh, easy as possible, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, just waiting on details for like what the new new changes are going to be, uh, how they're going to handle account stuff, all that kind of stuff. But the uh, the FAQ does uh, a pretty decent job of answering some of the questions. But mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty big. More noobs for me to uh, hopefully be. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, who knows what happens? But uh, that'll be fun. And uh, let's see, Ghost of Tsushima, we talked about how it was doing well. Yeah. Uh, it has sold 2.4 million units in its first three days on sale. Yep. Uh, which makes it the fastest selling first party original IP debut for PlayStation. Damn. Yeah, faster than uh, Horizon. Uh, what else? Until Dawn, a bunch of the other games that they've released this gen. Uh, which definitely oh, this gen. Okay. Yeah. It's also the uh, high. It's also the from what I'm looking at, it's the highest rated uh, uh, PS4 exclusive in history. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So 
that's pretty great for Sucker Punch, because I think they started this gen with uh, Infamous Second Son, uh, which I saw sold a million units in nine days. Uh, it was the fastest-selling game in the series for okay. that, and they kind of cap off this generation with a uh, another record uh, for them, so that's, that's good to see. Uh, let's see, what else we got here? Oh yeah, X, X Suikoden devs uh, are launching a Kickstarter uh, for a new game that is basically a spiritual successor. Yep. I'm not sure if they have a date for this, when they're going to be starting this. Uh, but it looks impressive. Yeah, it I'll starts tomorrow, much. July 27th, run through August does 28th. It, does it have a battle system? Uh, let's see. Yeah, they say uh, it aims, it's called a Yudin Chronicle. Aims to capture the classic JRPG exploration and battles of the PS1 era. Mm-hmm. Features all the hallmarks that made Suikoden great. Yeah, turn-based battles with six car- six character parties, hundred unique heroes to recruit, and a mm. fortress building system. Uh, also have a guild system that lets you change your fortress attributes based on the guild you join. Mm-hmm. And the soundtrack has composers uh, Michiko Naruke from Wild Arms. Mm-hmm. Toei Sakuraba Tales mm. and uh, some others. Yeah. They got a number yeah, of people. The battle, I'll, I'll have to see in action before I really like make an informed decision there, but as far as how the game looks, it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the style of the, the dialogue here almost looks like uh, Octopath Traveler a little bit. Yeah, I think that's actually the look they're going for. Okay. Yeah, yeah, if they can get a battle system better than ter- than press X until everything's dead, I think they're on to a hit. Yeah. Let's that see. was the problem Swakodan had. Yeah, they're saying uh, the initial Kickstarter goal is for PC. Then mm-hmm. main consoles will follow with the next stretch goal. And so, yeah, that's uh, starts tomorrow. They're aiming to hit 2022. I'm sure they would like to. That's reasonable. I'm going to say it's probably not going to hit that, but that's because most mm-hmm. games don't. Uh, another blast from the past. There's a game coming out called Bomb Rush Cyber Funk. Yeah. That is a uh, very Jet Set Radio. I actually thought it was Jet Set 3 when I first saw it, to be completely honest, because it looks yeah. it has that kind of so Jet Set Radio. Yeah. yeah. It very much has that simple 3D model kind of look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, also has a soundtrack with uh, the original composer, Hideki mm-hmm. Naganuma. Uh, so yeah, it's doing what Sega won't, just make a new one of these. Uh, hopefully yeah. it's definitely better, because, like, it's, one of the things playing those, that original game is that it's, it's pretty cool, but there's definitely, uh, some issues with it. Oh. It definitely, uh, doesn't feel great as far as, like, a, uh, an extreme sports kind of game to it. it. Definitely feels like more... They try to fit some like adventure stuff to it, where you gotta explore well, and look for. It's things. more of a platformer than anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think there's there's some things that hopefully, with uh, you know about twenty years of uh, time, that uh, these new devs have some some way to make a game that's uh, a bit more friendly to play nowadays. Uh, they're saying they're not releasing next year uh, because they do not want to release it this year. Mm. Not this year. It's unlucky. That's that's a good point. Yeah, they want nothing to do with 2020. Oh. That's uh, fully relatable. Yeah. 
Uh, speaking of old things coming back, uh, I guess G4 is coming back? Ish. I, I don't know. I'm a little confused by this one. Yeah, there's been some hints going around, like the, the various YouTube channels that the shows from the original G4 have been like posting this weird teaser thing. Yeah. Uh, suggesting that Comcast is bringing this back in some form next year. Uh-huh. Uh, leading the charge is Tucker Roberts, who is president of both the gaming wing of Comcast's Spectacore brand and the Overwatch uh-huh. League's Philadelphia Fusion. I guess he's as good a person to lead it as, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Tech of the Show's channel, X-Play's channel, had some the new teaser posted on as well as a new G4 YouTube channel, so... Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's pretty telling. Yeah. Now, are they going to, like, be trying to bring some of the original people back? Because I, I know for a fact some of them have gone on to bigger things. Yeah. Yeah. Olivia, well, Olivia Munn in particular. Uh, uh, the, the, the Munn's too expensive now. Yeah. But, yeah, like, well, like I said, uh, Morgan Webb is a dev now, and I don't think she'd give up her, her paycheck for that. But my main thing is, like, if, if, if we are looking at a G4 revival, um, gaming has changed drastically since then. You know, we have the advent of streaming. We have, mm-hmm. like, all gaming talk shows and the main thing um that pretty much strayed me away from g4 was the fact that they all had a bunch of tryhards that really tried to really uh show off the, the like the, the nerd community for what they thought it was when it really wasn't yeah and yeah it's a lot more open it's a whole lot more open and casual now and i just you know um i i always say like gamers will never be taken seriously just because of what you see on the internet and if four just continues to feed that, I wouldn't be all about it. Like I just yeah. want to see people acting normal, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I definitely like as Fuck someone Bill who Spindle are too. Yeah, just, yeah. Just gonna get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, like as, as someone that, that constantly consumes the content of, uh, you know, Giant Bomb, Easy Allies, kind of funny. Like these guys get it right. These these guys are likable people and don't overly shoutcast. Well, aside from Greg Miller, of course. But like, you know, these are all like people that live normal lives and just play games for a living. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I want to see. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, so yeah. Growing up, I I did watch a lot of G Four's content. Um, you know, like after school every day. Like, uh, particularly you know, watched a lot of X Play. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the industry has definitely changed, uh, yeah, drastically since then. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like, like you said, you know, everything's more relaxed. But also, like, if you go back, it, like, going back and like revisiting some of like G4's content from back then, like, it's definitely it, it's very outdated. You know, there, there's a lot yeah, of like, casual, it, it, some of it has a lot of casual sexism well. going on in there. Um, it, it's that. De- it definitely doesn't really like I their content as it was back then definitely would not fly today, you know? Yeah. Uh, and no, no. my, my, my really... example would be um, Adam Sessler. Like if you look at Adam Sessler now, like, yeah, he's, he's definitely somebody who knows his shit. But when you look at his persona on X play, it was like something yeah. that's not, not insufferable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I'm just curious. Like, I like, like I'm trying to think of like what would G4 even look like, you know, let's say like in 2021 in the 2020s, like I'm assuming obvious, I'm assuming they probably operate like an online space and try and operate like, I don't know, similar to like a, a kind of funny or like, um, I, I don't know, maybe like a IGN. I, I just don't really know. Like, 
what exactly they could do on like a 2021 revival of X play or attack of the show that is, you know, unique. Yeah. I also, I also don't want to tune in at 3 a.m. and just see cheaters and cops. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. 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 That, yeah, that, That has to be rule number one. Just fuck anything that is not gaming. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I think that um, given the fact that the the two, I guess, shows that are going to be supposedly leading the charge, whatever the charge is, uh, given that those are, you know, uh, Attack of the Show and uh, X-Play, like, I, I think that it's clear that they are probably going to try and, um, you know, try and satisfy, not necessarily exclusive gaming, but, like, try and satisfy, like, all things tech or, like, entertainment, I guess, but... Mm-hmm. It, it's just that I don't know what kind of vibe that gives off because like they can't give off, they cannot give off the same vibes that they did back in like the mid two thousands and like through, I don't know, when did they end like 2013? Like, like they, they can't really like put out that same kind of content because uh, I mean, it's, it's not acceptable really. Like, uh, like it, like, I just don't know how they're going to differentiate themselves. And I, I mean, I hope that they find a cool, unique way to differentiate themselves, but it's just, I, I just don't really know what to expect out of this. I guess like one thing I really want to look for is like, see who invests in it. Cause that'll, that'll be pretty telling. Yes. And here's a wild card. Um, you know, go ahead and disagree, but WWE, you look at WWE network. Um, and that, as far as the value goes, you get pretty much everything that a wrestling fan could ever want. And WWE has a lot of gamers, and they have a lot of Twitch streamers, especially Xavier Woods, who really know what they're doing and know their audiences. And you know, they they could do a lot of uh, damage there. So that is true. I, I, that is true. Getting Xavier Woods, like, well, I mean, up, 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 down, down is already like pretty big. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, let's say let's say you make Xavier Woods like. The, X play Xavier Woods. It's a match made in heaven. That that would actually be perfect. Yeah, and I, I know he, he says it as a joke, but he said like his his lifelong dream is to like be the host of Nick Arcade. If Nick Arcade was revived, put on G four with Xavier Woods as the host, I would watch the shit out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious. Like, so the, bringing G four back, I'm curious if that's going to be like a. I'm curious if they're actually going to bring back the actual TV channel, uh, because uh, like. I feel like if they are going, I feel like if they are going to do that, I don't really know if the market is really there for that. Like, I, I mean, like, I have cable, but not many of my friends do. Really, so the target audience has definitely oh, moved on to on demand. Yeah, there is a company trying to make a channel. I just forget what they're called or what they're doing. No one knows. Mm. Yeah, I think one of the I didn't really have G Four, so it was just much of seeing clips and such, and I remember seeing what is it, Living Mud with the hot dogs? Stuff yeah. like that, where it's like, yeah, you can't well, do that, of the that show. shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not disgusting in retrospect. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it was it was very much built off of um, like, mid-2000s like, kind of bro culture, I guess. Yeah. Bro culture or socially yeah. awkward content. I, I yep. think yeah. what they really need to tap into as an influence is the earlier years of G4. Um, just start with that same kind of collective of shows plus Attack of the Show and um, just make it a maybe not as hideously mainstream as it was, but um, but go for that kind of tone before 
before Comcast stepped in and took over the narrative, uh, honestly, um, that would have a lot of potential. Yeah. Yeah, definitely getting away from a lot of the... I think, what was it, Morgan Webb, people were constantly assuming was a man. That kind uh-huh. of shit. It's like, Jesus Christ. That sounds even worse thinking about it now. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of stuff you have to hopefully get away from of just having the the hot girl that's you know brings in the dudes, I guess. Yeah. There's plenty of talented women in the industry that's have started their own stuff because they don't want to yeah. deal with idiots like that. I think Adam Zessler himself has said that he hated that part of X-Play more than anything else because that persona he developed was not actually him. It was the character that the writers gave him for the show, and he yeah. hated it. And yeah, now he's just a grumpy dude on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I believe he... Idiots. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's, he's, like, out of the games journalism industry, like, completely now. He's in mm-hmm. consulting... Because yeah. consulting firm, I think, for devs. But, uh, yeah, he's, uh, I'm sure he'd always be interesting. He's doing his own, like, podcast thing or something like that to talk about games, uh, I believe. Yeah. But there also was a year, uh, where Bethesda, or, um, where Morgan Webb and Adam Tusser hosted the Bethesda press conference, and that was, that was pretty good. Yeah. But, yeah. Again, like, these guys are uh, above the pay grade now, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna have to be. More like a, a traditional like YouTube gaming channel uh, coverage stuff versus having to fill like a 24-hour day of television programming when that at this point is even worse than what they had to deal with back then. There's just a lot of bullshit that entire channels are just built around, you know, shit that nobody would really want to watch unless they had nothing else to do, I guess. Yeah. There's a lot of weird weird uh, channels out there. Um, but yeah. Uh, Ubisoft talking about next gen. We talked about 2K a few weeks ago who was going to charge 70 bucks for their games. Uh, at least for NBA 2K 21. Uh, for next gen. And Ubisoft has said, uh, most recently that their fall lineup is going to be 60 bucks still. Uh, during a earnings call they had this week, Yves Guillemot, uh, Basically, the company's next three next-gen games are due this holiday season. They'll mm-hmm. the same price as their previous generations. Uh, yeah, they're just f- focusing on the Christmas releases uh, right now, which we know two of those are uh, Watch Dogs Legion and Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Mm-hmm. So there might be one more game in there we don't know yet. Maybe Gods and Monsters. I know they said they're going to have another Ubisoft Forward show. Here in the next couple months, so this is one publisher saying, "Yeah, we're not doing increases just yet." Uh, maybe it'd be like, and it also lets them just stand aside and let uh, Take Two look like schmucks. Yeah, which isn't too hard. That's true. Uh, but also speaking of Ubisoft, uh, more stuff's been coming out about their harassment and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but particularly one of the more interesting parts was. Uh, the notion of, uh, what was it there, CCO, uh, Serge Hescott, uh, yeah. basically pushing the notion that women, uh, do not sell games. Uh, particularly with their, uh, lead protagonist in the Assassin's Creed series. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, with, uh, let's see, I think he had influence on 
notion that Cassandra wasn't was going to be the only protagonist for Odyssey. Uh, and then they forced uh, getting Alexios in there. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, having women as the lead of an Assassin's Creed game is uh, icky, I guess. Uh, according to him. Uh. Um, but they've uh, the creative director for that game has said that uh, her story is the canon story. Yep. For the for what's there, uh, the report also suggests that Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which had Evie and her brother, mm-hmm. uh, Evie's role was significantly reduced during development. Yep. Uh, as well as a early version of uh, Origins, uh, which mm-hmm. had Bayek and uh, his wife Aya would also be playable. Yeah. Uh, at least some scenarios in that. Not necessarily the whole thing, but uh, Ubido <laughs> plays Aya, which definitely made sense that that was where they were going to go with that game. Because there's a certain mm-hmm. point when she shows up and you're like, alright, she's going to join? Oh, no, she's just going to hang out. Yeah. Well, that's, that sucks. Uh, and I believe there was also, I don't know if it was tied to Assassin's Creed, but there's also a story that... Uh, about features that were worked into the game that got a lot further in than they should have. Uh, things like a playable rape scene mm-hmm. in a game where you would actually have the controller vibrate as it was going on. Oh, gag. It's like, yeah. What the actual fuck? Seriously. Awful. And people talking about that getting a lot further than it should have because most of the women uh, gave feedback saying, like, no, we should not be doing this shit. Yeah. No. Not being given the credit that they should have. Uh, yeah. Some awful shit going on there. Uh, kind of amazing we've gotten good games out in spite of it. But the notion that women don't sell games isn't isn't a real thing. Mm-hmm. The Last of Us Part 2 sold really well. Guess who's the oh, protagonist yeah. of that? Mm-hmm. It's Ellie. Her, her, yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn as well. Yeah, there's that. There's Resident Evil 2 and 3 both have female leads. Those sold really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Life is Strange sold mm-hmm. really well. Female leads on that. Yeah, there's there's plenty of games that uh, where women uh, sell on that, but some companies still squeamish about that stuff. And Ubisoft seems to be or seems like at one point they were, but we'll see how that goes in the future. Uh, their new game, uh, Valhalla, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, has oh. male female leads. Um, but I've, Wait, from I've heard, good and evil. what's that? Still waiting for Beyond Good and Evil too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wherever that is, wherever that game is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the name for the protagonist in uh, Valhalla is Ivor, which from I've heard from people that uh, come from around that region that that is a female name, pr- primarily. Yeah. So that kind of gives a hint at who the the primary protagonist might be in that for that game. Uh-huh. But yeah, not not a good luck to come out of uh, Ubisoft with this kind of information uh-huh. showing how much these people that were uh, high ranking uh, encouraging this sort of uh, awful shit kind of changing the direction of some of their games, making some of them less interesting in the process. Uh, especially like that Aya stuff for uh, Origins. Yeah. That's an uh, unfortunate note to lead mm-hmm. on, but you know what? Ubisoft keeps going with this They're stuff. They're cleaning house, at least. 
Yeah, we'll see yeah. how much has to be cleaned out because it seems like a lot. Yeah, they've had top PR people getting fired, and I believe from what I've read, the the three people in the the top circle uh, didn't necessarily get fired as such, but were allowed to like retire so they could keep their benefits. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing, where it's like, yeah, you're not necessarily cleaning house in the way that people want. Yeah. Oh. You're allowing them to keep their dignity that people don't want them to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that'll be days or update for this week. Uh, I am joined here by John Ulanic, Patrick Mifflin, Brandon Perkins, Dan Victorio, Teresa Sammons. I'm your host, Chris Ologi. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, uh, brighter stuff to talk about. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> really, we need yeah. it. Yeah, we need a, we need a good summer here because it's, been a sad one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we'll be back next week. Have a good one, everyone.